You know the day destroys the night Night divides the day Try to run, try to hide Break on through to the other side Break on through to the other side Break on through Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 302 with a review of Deliver Us From Evil. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about Deliver Us From Evil, the latest little horror possession exorcism film to come out around these parts. So, uh, how are you doing tonight, Carson? <coughs> I just got a tickle in my throat. I think uh, I shouldn't have read all that Latin um, <laughs> in an underground cavern in Iraq. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes when you, you know, when you talk through a second voice, you know, it, it reaches tones that your vocal cords aren't used to doing, so that could sometimes cause some, you know, uh, scratching and stuff in your esophagus and junk like that. That well, I don't know where I'm going with that. They, they, they need to make a movie where it's, like, all about the person post-exorcism, so there's, like, they have to go to a, a physical therapy or something, because all their joints are like out of whack and uh <laughs> like they have to go to a speech therapist it's a comedy clearly yeah. um i'd watch it i think it'd be more interesting than uh maybe this movie i don't know R- reverend it, it, it could have been good cotton wallace or whatever his name is makes a makes an appearance in it <laughs> wait who isn't that the guy's name from the last exorcism <laughs> Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that yeah. was like cotton something. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, I was like, uh, wait, huh? <laughs> At first, I thought you were referring to this movie. No. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the guy was uh, Spanish. <laughs> yeah, he was not. <laughs> he was not a Southern Baptist. Teacher. I don't think I've heard a Spanish man named Cotton. Uh, good times. Wait, um, hold on. I was trying to look it up on IMDb. Wait, which one? The the Cotton Cotton Marcus. Cotton Marcus. I know there's a is sound at the end of it, and I knew it started yeah. with cotton. Cotton. So he had a real southern name. Yeah, cotton picking pastor <laughs> from that. <laughs> now. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Well, he he pickpocketed people because he was a sham. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I still I still don't know what happened with that that second last exorcism film. <laughs> Well, he wasn't in it. True, true. So but, I mean, I just—that's why they started with such an awesome thing, and then they, yeah, went to such a not awesome place. Um, well, yeah, possibly they, not unlike this film. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, we 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 tend to talk about whatever latest horror film is coming out. So I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, I I know that you don't watch the World Cup, uh, Carson, but like. When you stream it on ESPN, well, if there were if there were exorcisms in the World Cup, then I'd watch. <laughs> there aren't, uh, but you know, when you watch those guys flop around on the field, you might think that possibly yeah. there should be. Uh, but no, what I was going to say is streaming over the ESPN app, as I do, considering I don't have cable. Uh, every other commercial is either Guardians of the Galaxy or Deliver Us from Evil. So <laughs> they know uh, they know their target audience. Yeah, somebody was pushing hard for this film to get seen by people. Uh, so, I mean, we're here, we're going to talk about it because that's what we, that's what we do. Um, yeah, going to put on, we're going to put on our best New York accent. <laughs> I don't even know if it'll be our best because <laughs> the film, I'm not sure it did its best. Like 
There's only one person even trying to do an accent in the film. <laughs> and that's Eric Bana. Yeah. I don't know why Joe jo McHale was like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why he was in this movie, to be honest. I, but... I mean, it literally felt... I mean, we, we can get into this once we start talking about the film. But, it, it like, you know in Community when they do, like, spoofs of other genres that they do, like, in every yeah. single episode? It um, felt like a bit. No, it, it totally felt like him in character pretending to be himself in the character of cop drama <laughs> yeah like i thought it, i thought it was gonna be like a bit it looked like a bit for the soup or something i really wish though in like every scene um when he pulled out the knives i wish he'd just be like you like how this shit works <laughs> <laughs> you really just needed to have that i'd take pleasure in cutting you like vibe thrown in there along with his like radar yeah <laughs> You know what would have been even better, though? Um, if he wasn't because, in the movie? No, no. If he was in the movie, but they had the original uh, casting choice, which was Mark Wahlberg in the Eric Banner part. Oh, really? It was supposed to be Mark Wahlberg? It, they were. They offered it to, to Marky Mark, and he declined. So It, it would have uh, been easy for him to get the accent, though. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> they just would have had to change it to be Boston. <laughs> uh, or they would have just said he was from New York, and he just had a Boston accent. Not unlike uh, a Texan inventor who suddenly has a Boston accent, but yeah, like uh, I, I thought that would have been that would have been funny. Like that would have been. Uh, I think that would have been too much of a comedy if they had him and uh, Mikhail. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it would have appeared serious at all. He's like, I'm just trying to help you, demons, help you get out of this body. That it, it would basically turn into one of those things where, like, ten years from now on DVD, it would be like the greatest comedy ever. Like everybody would be like, "Oh, dude, have you have you seen Deliver Us from Evil? It's so hilarious." <laughs> I think it probably may have worked, may have worked better as a comedy. Uh, that is very possible. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it in a second. We but. shouldn't stop beating around the uh, the the human body because. We should just dive right in. <laughs> All right. Let's dive in. To... I was trying to make a reference to the fact that people get mutilated yeah. when they're possessed. Let's dive on into the fly-filled decomposing body and uh, listen to the trailer for Deliver Us From Evil and then come back and give everybody our review. There's two types of evil in this life, Officer Sergeant. Secondary evil the evil that men do, and primary evil, which is something else entirely. I've seen some horrible things. Nothing that can't be explained by human nature. But you haven't seen true evil. Okay, uh, you guys just heard the trailer for Deliver Us From Evil. Uh, in this story, Eric, Eric Bana is a... Uh, you know, he's a detective, policeman, person, some some force somewhere. He's a he's a cop. <laughs> yeah, he's a cop. <laughs> um, so he is a cop, and uh, he's starting to see some weird cases. You know, like some you know this this painter guy dies. You know, there's a lady throwing babies into little ravines in the middle of the zoo, and uh, yeah, a bunch of weird cases like that. And then smart man Eric Bana literally begins to read the writing on the wall and figure out that possibly these cases are related in some way. And uh, they might be related in a very spooky kind of bad for his uh, well-being and possibly the well-being of his family. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, horror film. Carson, what did you think of it? Well, um, 
I did not like this movie. I'll just I'll just start off with that. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, uh, I, I think it's going to get very repetitious in the fact that you know because I I feel like I've said this before and all the other extras of movies we've talked about. <laughs> if you've seen them, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Um, save for like a couple, but, uh, people complained and I know that we kind of not complained, but pointed out that it was at least, uh, relentless, but people complained that, you know, Transformers four was a, was abrasive and assaultive, but, uh, I, I feel like this movie was more so, All right. uh, in that, um, especially in the last act when, um, the exorcism is actually going down. Like, I just felt like I was just being screamed at for, you know, a solid two hours. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny, though, is just real fast, uh, you know, obviously, th- there's a couple parts to an exorcism. There is, like, let's start the exorcism. There's, we have to torture this demon thing until it gives it its name, and then we yeah. can use its name to will it out of the body. There's These, various stages. Uh, you know, in this film, they kind of tried to change it up by, like, literally adding, like, six or eight phases w- with their own names to them. Um, yeah. Phase one of this exorcism, I thought was kind of cool. Like, the, the part where he was literally just screaming the whole time. <laughs> like, Yeah, but the fact that, like, the, the fact that, like, the camera's shaking and the, the music is just, like, blasting, uh, like, inception horns at you like it basically sounded like the that they use like the vuvuzela horns <laughs> you know and there's like and there's like like that's basically that's basically the soundtrack of this movie yeah but well i'm, I'm just saying that like in phase one i actually like that where it continues from there on it got a little less too like i mostly yeah. liked it just because it felt at least a little bit different than normal exorcisms like but the fact that the priest had to like point out all the phases and then like there's a moment where he like kind of forgets his own rules (laughs) and i was just like what like this didn't seem it seemed like he had it all together well well i mean if you think about it if we go back to the right there's a similar scene where the one priest forgot about that movie you know whatever you do don't don't do this thing and then he starts to like he, he falls in the same... I think that's, like, a common trope. It like, like, Priest is like, whoa, don't listen yeah. to anything he says because he's going to say something that's probably going to trip you up. And then, of course, the demon says something, and he's like, what? But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just... Oh, it's just, like, we've all seen it. And I feel like, at least with Last Exorcism 1, it, it changed up the uh, formula uh, enough to make it interesting, to make it uh, a little more engaging than just, you know... You know, I'm a I'm a guy I'm a cop and I don't believe in demons and then uh you know, of course in the end he realizes he kinda has this spiritual knowledge and you know that these these things might exist, you know. Um that that's always how it happens and I, I just remember like thinking how still to this day, and I know I've said this before too, where it's like the Exorcist from 1973, it's like with a static camera and like people acting normal and, you know, people doing their job, like uh, the, the priests. It's just like that was way more scary than uh, than than like the stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, but other than that, the movie is just overall pretty boring. Like, um, you know, they go through the standard horror movie cliches of like you know oh we we're building the clues and 
I, I guess this one had a somewhat more potential because the you know Eric Bana is playing a cop and it's it's sort of we're sort of crossing streams a little bit um, genre wise, but uh, no, in the end it just ended up being the same old same old. It's like, well, have you seen The Exorcist? Okay, then you've seen it done better. It's like, have you seen Seven? Well, okay, then you've seen you know the thriller genre done better. Um, and it's funny because like on the radio they had a an ad for this with a pull quote like The Exorcist meets Seven, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm sure that's what they were going for, but it just there's in no way it's not as good and and obviously Seven is not a movie that is funny whatsoever. But uh, <laughs> it's it's at least like committed, like it's it's a grim film and it, it's done really really well. Like this is a grim film, and you're just like, oh, like I don't want to be watching this. Um, and I feel like that's how most horror movies are today. Uh, the exception with this film is that Eric Bana is enough of a presence to keep things interesting or at least to hold your interest until, you know, they start bludgeoning you over the head with more uh, screamy possession antics. But I, I do, I did like Eric Bana in this role, and I liked Edgar Ramirez as, like, the the, the sort of, like, cool priest, you know? The cool priest. Yeah, the priest who may have indulged in various sins uh, at one point or another in his life. Well, still indulging in sins, because, like, there's that whole scene where he's like, oh, aren't priests not supposed to drink and smoke? And he's just like, yes, but I am, uh, you know, cool. Well, technically, that wasn't what he said. He said, I thought you were sober. And he said, oh, right. I'm sober yeah. from narcotics, not from alcohol and cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like most movie priests aren't like knocking them back, smoking cigs. Well, obviously, you haven't seen Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did see Doubt, yeah. <laughs> That was like one of my favorite scenes in Doubt where like they cut to like the, the guys are like playing poker and smoking and drinking and they cut to the women and like the nuns are all super proper and like nobody put a fork out of place. Everybody eating time. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I like I like the actors um, other than what we're referring to Joel McHale, who I, I like as an actor, too, and think he can be very good. Uh, he was very good in uh, The Informant as a... Uh, as a law enforcement person. Um, but this movie, he just seemed very out of place. And like we said, seemed like it was a, a parody bit from either community or the soup, uh, especially that opening scene where they're driving and he's just like, Oh, you're an adrenaline junkie. And he's like, you know, he's giving him crap for like the Red Sox hat that he's wearing. Yeah. It just felt like really off. He was like some, like, like it, it was like a character playing a cop guy who really liked over the top. He was like, I'm, I'm going to turn my hat backwards. <laughs> I don't, yeah, and he's got like the, the tattoos on his arms. And uh, I will give him credit, though. He did have a couple of funny lines. And in a movie that was like completely serious, that was somewhat appreciated. Uh, like when like when he told, like when they bring in the one uh, possessed chick and he looks at Eric Bana and she's like, is she single? Like in the smarmiest line delivery yeah, that, 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 o- that only that only Joel McHale could deliver. Yeah, that was at least appreciated because this movie had zero laughs, and like we mentioned, maybe should have been a comedy uh, when it was all said and done. 
Well, they, that might have might have ended up being better. If they would have intended it for it to be a comedy, it yeah, 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 yeah. If they, if, they, if they just called it a comedy, it would also fail there. <laughs> right, right. If they actually had went for the laughs instead of, yeah, l- let them lie there unintentionally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I wasn't a fan. Yeah, I, I was definitely not a fan also as well. I also wasn't a fan. I don't, whatever the sentence is, uh, I, I did not like this movie. Um, I I do enjoy the genre, the possession genre. Um, I, I actually really enjoy just the idea of evil and anything that deals with uh, uh, demonic stuff coming forth onto our plane via some ritual either a ritualistic method or just through um somehow connecting with people who are you know like like empaths or you know like just just the idea of of demonic things being able to reach into our lives and um use us as vessels to come forth onto this plane are interesting concepts and uh just at face value i will never be tired of um of it like like similarly themed um, stories coming forth. Like I I won't miss necess- like if the film is good, even if it's still just an exorcism film, um, and I'm not gonna look at it, I'm not not gonna look down upon it just because it doesn't do anything new. I just like it being presented with new characters and maybe a slightly different story. Like I'm I'm totally fine with that. But uh, this film doesn't really do anything well at all. Uh, and it also it goes further than just not doing things well. It kind of makes absolutely zero sense. Uh, so like you know the positive things, like you said, uh, Eric Bana and the Spanish dude who's playing the priest or whatever. Um, he like both those characters are cool. I like like anytime they're sitting down smoking, talking to each other, uh, and the one guy's like, obviously you have not known the uh, primary evil. Like he's just giving his lines and stuff. Like that that's cool. I'm, I'm down with it. Uh, I'm enjoying watching those two um, yeah. do whatever they do. Uh, but the and, and and even if if you look if you boil the story down to its basic component of these people stumbled into this tomb, they read some latin slash whatever phrase and and what that phrase is supposed to mean and the ramifications of what that mean uh i'm i'm semi on board with that even though it's fairly like lazy low depth plot like it's it's very straightforward like it's the equivalent to like somebody walked around the rubber stamp and if you were stamped with it then you can be possessed like that's basically what the story is (laughs) Um, yeah Okay, so so I I actually kind of liked the idea of of Eric Bana's uh, radar that they talked about in the film. Like the idea, I mean, it, it once again it's very similar to the cop character in Constantine. How you know she since birth has had some sort of little bit in touch with uh, the world, and um, you know there is this idea like like in Constantine of that if you see them they see, they see you type of thing. So there's demonic forces working around, and Eric Bana has some sort of like sixth sense almost that allows him to kind of uh, intuit what somebody's gonna do when it relates to the evilness of man. Um, you know I, I'm I'm fine with that stuff. Like that's that's cool. I like that idea. Um, you know it's not original, but but it's it's fun and it works and it allows our character to be thrust into the story in a way that maybe a normal cop in this universe wouldn't be allowed to. The real problem is there's all these things put on top of it that don't make sense. They're kind of just there to 
make this work as a horror film. So, I mean, so, you know, I, I mentioned in the description, and it's in the trailers, it's not a spoiler, the, the woman throwing the baby into the thing at the zoo. There's yeah. no explanation for why that was done or what that would mean or, uh, or, or what. And if the story is really about uh, demonic forces trying to possess people, what does that have to do with throwing the child out into the ravine? Like, there's no... There's nothing there in the story to denote that. It was just like, oh, wouldn't it be really freaky if a woman suddenly shook a little bit and threw a baby down and then people tried to get her and she seemed stronger than she should be? Like, none of that makes sense or applies to the story at all. If you go to Eric Bana's family, there's no reason why his daughter is experiencing the scratching yeah. on the floors and the, you know, the ha-ha-hoo, ha-ha-hoo, right. like owl stuffed animal. There's absolutely nothing there. The only reason that's there is to to add scary moments for uh the family like it's to give all the uh seven-year-olds in the audience the willies yeah yeah (laughs) and 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 that is and that is like that is complete laziness where where there's no context in the story for this event happening happening the only context is to try to spook the audience like that to me just there's no reason for that at all i mean if, if you're making a film and you're trying to make it scary Put scary stuff in there, but put put scary stuff in there that has a reason to be scary uh, that relates to the story. Otherwise, it, it it's like when we talked about some of the comedies we've seen recently, where it's like, okay, they're clearly just throwing jokes in here to have jokes. There's no coherent through line that carries all the jokes to one place. It's just a series of bits replaced like one after another. So in this film, we're just getting a series of like, wouldn't it be spooky if like this guy was in here and then he jumped out of the shadows and then like, ooh, wouldn't it be freaky if like a clock just stopped ticking and stuff like that? And it's, and- well, I mean, yeah, they're they're throwing out all of the the usual tropes and and I think that's that all that stuff is what it makes me think twice about this being based on a true story. Um, well, it's based on factual accounts. Like, right, so. well, I mean, well, because like the the actual cop guy wrote a book about his experiences, and this film is based on his book. And I think that uh, I think a lot of the cases may be similar, but I feel like they're very much taken and molded into. A horror movie genre that has no base in reality yeah yeah i mean i mean as as they usually do um yeah you know, i mean that yeah that's why i just i don't like i understand the guy was a cop and now he's like a demonologist and hunts down you know paranormal forces with the cool priest guy but uh yeah it's just like but i i feel like his movie is completely non-realistic yeah, uh, yeah, it's basically like making uh, uh, the butler or something, you know, where it just doesn't feel like it's doing the guy justice. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, it, and it's it's I don't know it, it it like like I tried to preface everything with like I don't care if you make a horror film and you do the same thing that other horror films did, as long as like you know it's it doesn't look like a shot for shot remake. Like obviously, if you're gonna have possession, you're going to have possession, and then you're gonna have exorcism and you know, in every horror film, there's always going to be one person who doesn't believe there's anything paranormal happening, and then, obviously, it, it usually ends bad for that person. Um, I'm fine with all those tropes being existent. I, I'm fine with 
I'm fine with, you know, the possessed person like snapping bones and like weird crap like that or speaking in tongues or multi voices. And I'm fine with all that kind of stuff because that is that's like saying that like your your action movie can't have guns and explosions because that would just be copying every other action movie. Like like if you're going to make a <laughs> like a a film that involves like demonology or possession, like you're going to have to put all these things in there. And I'm totally cool with that. It's just throwing in stuff on top of nothing and calling it something doesn't make it something like it just there's too many things in this film that don't link together that don't seem to have an actual narrative explanation for and um it's like this film would have been improved by having eric banna be a single per a single person um a single male without a wife and a kid um, yeah. and then going through all this stuff because the wife and the kid are really only there to add struggle to whatever he's going through. Um, right. And it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think that there's an interesting story that this guy has, but uh, it should have been it should have been done more like how True Detective was, um, where it was more like a procedural, yeah. but taken really seriously. And I mean... That show was way scarier than than the stuff in this movie. Yeah. And that well, was not based on, you know, a, a real life account or whatever. And, and and there's too much stuff in the film that just seems like hokey too. Like the whole like insane clown posse guy that is like always walk around painting stuff and then like <laughs> giving weird looks yeah. to me like what is that guy? Like, I don't know. <laughs> He's a juggalo. <laughs> yeah, so it just, it, it I don't know. It, it, like, you know, the first Insidious film, uh, like, I didn't like it as a whole just because there's there too many things, uh, there's too many things in it that visually I couldn't take serious. Uh, the little, little kid doing the jig in front of the record player and like, <laughs> and the Darth Maul the yeah the Danny Elfman guy yeah Darth Maul um uh I just I couldn't uh I just couldn't take it seriously but then like afterwards reflecting back on just the story and not the visuals I actually liked it like I I really liked their doing and um when I went to see Insidious 2 like I wasn't like oh god another one of these movies like I was actually like interested um for what they were going to do to carry on that story uh, this film, the visuals have a similar problem. Like the the the, the only legitimately creepy moment was, uh, had to do with, uh, as I joked earlier, had to do with fly infested uh, remains of bodies, and that was not creepy in the the paranormal aspect. It was creepy in the like gross, what is about to happen? I feel like I'm gonna be sick type of uh, creepy way. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, and there's one thing that I was going to mention was that, um, I, I mean, I, I wish uh, no ill will against uh, Scott Derrickson, the director. Um, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I have not liked any of the movies he's directed so far. Uh, and I feel like, you know, Sinister and Extras of Emily Rose... Uh, especially Sinister, have just this, like, mean, like, I don't want to see this Jonesy kind of vibe, you know? Like, it's just, 
they're just gross. They're just ugly. Like they're ugly and they're not scary. And you know why? You know I'm gonna get all nostalgic, but like you know I was watching, which is hilarious because he co-wrote this movie. I was watching Urban Legends Final Cut, the second Urban Legend film, and like that movie is just as like effed up if you think about it but it's fun because it's like not taking anything seriously uh and uh yeah so i don't know like i I just think that like his style for these horror movies are all the same you know like uh they all have the same color palette it's all like very uh loud and in your face and uh none of it's subtle and i think the the most inherently creepy thing about it is like Eric Bana's flashback scene, you know, where he tells a uh, cool priest about how he killed, you know, the one guy. Yeah. 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 And I think that, um, well, visually it's the most interesting thing in the movie. Cause it looks unlike the re- everything else, <laughs> but, um, but like what could have been like a really creepy, you know, flashback scene just turned into like, oh, yeah, like, this is just grim and gross because it's like they have to linger on, you know, dead kid body and then, like, they have to really linger on Eric Bannon, like, pulverizing his skull, you know? Like, they, it's not left up to the imagination, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that's a big detractor in this movie. Well, that's a big, big negative. Well, all that being said, I actually really like The Exorcism of Emily Rose, um, it's uh, well out of all of his movies horror movie wise that one's the 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 best one well i mean i mean in in general like not counting out of his horror films like i genuinely like it uh not because i think it's a particularly scary film but i just love uh i love the idea of just not 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 just the conceptually it's like i thought it was a well-executed film and i actually really like the story of it just the the idea of the non-believer trying to prove in a court of law that an, that possession had taken place and the priest arguing in a court of law that possession is not real um yeah that was awesome and you know th- this film unlike the creepy things that are happening to eric banna in 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 deliver us from evil and exorcism of emily rose there's reasons for all the things like when when each person involved in the case is starting to have weirder and weirder things happen to them, um, they all pertain to things that they've been told by other priests. And um, there's like a reason for who is being involved in the case. Uh, sorry, everybody who's seeing something weird happen, there's a definite reason why they are seeing something weird happen as opposed to in Deliver Us From Evil where it's like, oh, well, it'd be cool if the kid was in jeopardy somehow. So... Right, Let's and then like do that. off offhandedly, they just say like, "Your family may be in danger." Yeah, um, and also speaking of the family being in danger in this film, uh, you know, I I'll, I'll try to not be too spoilery. But let's just say that like, if something were to happen to the family, uh, the method by which that would happen, it would be hard to discern what had happened if you remove the thing that would allow that to happen. Does that make sense? <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, as and that, that's pretty spoilery, but I guess I'm sure based on your laugh that people might be confused by that statement. Um, basically you can't question the demon if he's no longer in a person. <laughs> so, right. So that, like, it's really hard to interrogate something you've banished already. 
Right. So. I don't know. That's why this movie is uh, nonsensical in some places. Yeah, and and also, <laughs> like, it, I, I thought the whole Doors thing was really stupid. Like, <laughs> Well, that's the thing is that I feel like... I feel like maybe that was something that, you know, he claims to have, that that has happened, you know, or that happened to him, like he heard that, or, you know, that was a part of the case or whatever. But in movie form, it doesn't, it doesn't come off as well, you know, like it, it's yeah, like, it comes off terribly. It comes off very terrible. It comes off like super on the nose. Uh, and once again, makes you think that like none of this is subtle. Uh, just plays into that factor. Yeah. But it's like uh, it's like uh, the movie uh, World Trade Center, which I did not like that movie uh, for various reasons. But there's a scene in that film where uh, Michael Pena and Nicolas Cage they hallucinate an image of Jesus handing them a water bottle, and apparently that happened. Like the guy claims that he saw this image and that's a really good you know story like to but in movie form it comes off super lame like especially in the way that that film is executed in a very like hollywood feel good kind of way it comes off really artificial and um it doesn't even if it even if it did happen it's like i i don't I can't. I don't believe that it happened. You know, well, when I see it on the screen. So I, I don't. I didn't see that film um, because I had no desire to. Um, but the only way I could see that working is if it was the sort of cliche move where the person sees starts to see the image, and when they reach for the water bottle, the image changes to somebody else handing them that water bottle, and it was like right. it's you know when you're watching it, it's very slow-mo-y dream and sort of you come into sound and normal speed and then you realize that oh no that was hallucination whatever the word is i just yeah verbal diarrhea but yeah yeah or hallucination or (laughs) i infected you with it (laughs) whether it be whether it be hallucination or actual you know sign or whatever um yeah like it just i feel like you could have incorporated that into this film if the film had actually been better. Um, like I think they could have they could have done the doors thing. They could have done uh, that that thing in World Trade Center. Like I, I think that if if the if they had gone for the right thing, like if they had put the doors thing in True Detective, like it would have been cool. Well, see, see that that would have been creepy. This is the like, way you make it work. Like if, if you. If you go back to like something like uh, something like uh, prisoners, right? Um, yeah. Now the person who was taking the children, um, if they like had one CD playing all the time, right? Like, a door CD playing. It's kind of like how everybody who was involved in something weird in that film uh, was like drawing mazes and shit, right? Um, right. Uh, or, or I'm not confusing two different movies, right? No, that was, yeah, yeah. yeah, the mazes. Yeah, yeah. the mazes. So everybody's drawing mazes because they were being, like, it had to, like, there was a reason for it other than nothing. Like, this film has no reason for it other than (laughs) it can be a repeated thing uh, amongst different people. Um, And uh, And also that it's, you know, the the doors, it's like another door to another dimension or, you know, 
world or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was it was just a stupid like on the nose like metaphor. I guess you can't even call yeah. it a metaphor anymore if it's like literally <laughs> just stamped in front of you. Um, right, but, but I like, mean something like prisoners, it would have worked in that kind of movie. But yeah, like in, in in prisoners though, if you had never seen a maze and you didn't understand the idea of a maze, it just looked like you're like, oh, cool, like a tribal tattoo. Like you didn't realize that it, yeah, you know, the maze has uh, one entry point and one exit point or a center and then an exit point and like you had no idea what the concept is it would still seem significant to you uh if eric banna had never heard a door song before and didn't know a single lyrics lyric from any of them like what would he have done like nothing like it would it would have been completely <laughs> insignificant um so yeah well so what we're saying is this movie really needed jake gyllenhaal as detective loki it, it did uh he would have solved it before anybody else yeah i think right. so yeah he wouldn't need the help from uh cool priest yeah he'd do it without being spanish <laughs> <laughs> well he he'd blow like a, a whistle and scare the demons away <laughs> Uh, either that or he'd blow the whistle and try to scare the demons away, but then the credits would roll, and we'd never right. know if the demons well, got scared away. <laughs> it'd be ambiguous, but mostly not. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think I probably don't have much more to say about this film. No, other than, uh, even though it was, like, completely thankless, I did think, um, Olivia Munn's accent was pretty on, on... It was it was okay. Like what was she it? Was wasn't it on the money? <laughs> yes. Did did Steven text you that one? No, he didn't. <laughs> uh, well, he possessed you and had to get in his last minute pun. Yeah, seriously. Yes. Um, um, no, it I, it was um, no, like because like she was another casting choice that seemed kind of like Mikhail, where it's like, why are you in this movie? Um, but I thought that, you know, for doing absolutely nothing, I guess she did, did it fine. She committed to the accent and it didn't sound like it was phony. Yeah, no, I thought she did. I, did, I thought she did good. Um, and I, Which, I, I actually really like her as an actress ever since, uh, uh, the newsroom. Um, so I'm fine with her getting work because I think she deserves it. Uh, but yeah, like the role wasn't exactly written uh, no, it was a thankless role. Yeah. So. It was just like, oh, it was basically just, it was the typical, like, wife horror, in a horror movie role, like, come home, we need you. Yeah. She's hearing things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no scratching in the floor. The problem is that you're never home. <laughs> you see, if Mark Wahlberg was in it, he would have been like, well, of course there's scratching. I'm an inventor. I invented the... <laughs> Scratching dog. <laughs> Maybe there's a DJ downstairs. <laughs> it's my brother Donnie, okay? I put him in the basement. He just wants to get out, but I'm more famous than him. All right. Well, anyways, uh, what do you say, Carson? We just get to our uh, verdicts for this film. Which, okay. I mean, you don't need to be possessed to know what we're thinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> what would you give this if you're going to give us a must see recommend the caveat wait for rental pass with the caveat or a must avoid what would you give it i would give it a must avoid um both 
The Exorcist and this movie start off in Iraq, so uh, yeah, I'd just watch The Exorcist again. Uh, yes. Um, I would also give this a must-avoid. Um, yeah, there are, I think, several terrible films that came out this weekend, and uh, <laughs> I would love to say that this... I mean, I mean yeah. I, I'd love to say that it was the lesser of three evils, but... <laughs> Uh, it's not because I saw Tammy. So, um, and unless Earth to Echo is worse than Tammy, which I don't, I don't see it being that way. But uh, it's it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> like it's 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 the laziest movie I've ever seen. Oh god! Well, coming from the only person who was excited for it, that is quite the. Uh, I, I I got I got hardcore tricked, man. That trailer. Quite the negative endorsement. It, it, it sucked me into thinking it could be like a film that actually had some like childhood heart in it, but uh, instead, it was just a very poorly conceived of and executed film. That uh, so what you're saying is that by us not reviewing it, we uh, we didn't miss much, uh, or you didn't you didn't miss much by not editing it. Yes, I I saved myself. Uh, having to relive it for a third time because that would be the third time I'd be reliving it. Um, well, just just as uh, as an aside, not having seen Earth to Echo, but I do think this probably is the the lesser of the three evils um, because Tammy was a film that you cannot even say the, all the funny parts were in the previews because the the couple funny parts that were in the previews weren't in the actual movie. So, uh, yeah, you can't even say that uh, the the previews actually made the film look better, um, actually funnier, uh, like the, like we were talking about that line, you know, where she says like, uh, Lance Armstrong versus Neil Armstrong. Yeah. The Lance Armstrong, Neil Armstrong. That's not even in the film. Like the, the, you know, where she says like, no, Neil, like that, that whole line delivery is not even in it. It goes off on like another unfunny direction. That's sad. It's almost like they had like. A totally hilarious movie and someone went in at last minute and just literally edited out all the jokes <laughs> and they were like it's good now Oy. so yeah um worse than identity thief so and that's saying something it, it is yeah it, that tammy actually stole the identity of being the worst of the of the melissa mccarthy yeah, movies yeah exactly yeah <laughs> It it really did. It really did. And they even re, 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 reused the. Uh, uh, it's really easy to catch up to a escaping fat girl joke. <laughs> they did. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. All right. I, I left the theater angry. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the Spoilering Podcast. So, Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to Practical Candy wordpress.com people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show you can like us at facebook.com slash uh, thespoilerwarning uh, or follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning to figure out when these new episodes go live uh, you can contact us by sending an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com you can use the contact form on our website over at thespoilerwarning.com or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. 
music for this episode will come from the Vuvuzelas that Carson mentioned. <laughs> I actually like um, Christopher Young, who's the composer of this movie. He's done a lot of really good um, horror movie scores, and I actually thought that the score he did for Sinister was the best part of that movie. Um, but here it felt like he got a little too horn crazy. Yeah. Actually, I yeah. might just skip the soundtrack and throw some Doors music in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a lot less uh, abrasive. Probably. Yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah. Is uh, next week Apes? It is, yeah. So we'll finally find out. <laughs> this is going to be an epic showdown. Yep, it's going to be... It's, uh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it sounds like Steven's not going to be with us for the next couple of weeks. Uh, because oh, no. Because he is traveling abroad. Um, so it's just going to be so, us. So but, that means that at least there won't be two people that'll uh, dogpile on me. And, and he, That's he what you're saying. See, he didn't... Like, originally on, on the podcast, he hadn't seen Apes also, right? Are you talking about Rise? Yeah, didn't he miss Rise? No, I remember him mentioning that he watched it on a plane. But that that was long. Like he didn't see it around the time that it came out when we first started having. No, big no, 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 no. He didn't see it. No. Yeah. So in in tradition, he, saw it. he is he saw it later. Not going to be seeing uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes when we are. So. Right. The big question He's, is. He'll it, have to watch it on a plane. I mean, I'm I'm super excited for it. Obviously. Uh, We've had many uh, a fight over it. I've had fights over on Twitter with your girlfriend about it, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna see if this is if this is gonna shape up to make my top five of the year list when it comes time at the end of the year. So we'll see. Maybe since I have such low expectations, it'll be the best movie of the summer. I I, I can only hope so. It, there's like some weird like turn of fates where like you love it and I don't like it. <laughs> That that would be when uh, uh, hell freezes over and <laughs> yes, and we start doing the podcast from a train. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 